Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Bruni's Break, Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. Are you I'm your trouble host, there. I'm your host, Kathy <laughs> Bruni, and with me as usual is Colin Mitchell. Colin, say what's up. How are we doing? All right. I think everyone here is doing well. If you're watching the podcast, if you're watching on Twitch, or if you're listening on SoundCloud, uh, we appreciate you for joining us for another week where North Texas has destroys be- has destroyed their <laughs> opponent. Um, it's become common common practice at this point um, in the show just to review the game and just who North Texas beat this week. So this week it was Liberty, um, the Liberty Flames uh, up in Virginia. A waiting pun. Yeah, yeah. I, I've used the pun enough. I've used extinguished flames on the on the site <laughs> enough times this week. Uh, but they, the Mean Green. I mean, they came out and it looked kind of rough initially. It was fourteen to seven in the middle of the second quarter. Kind of scared for a second. It was kind of made everybody worried. I mean, we we knew go, entering the game that Stephen Calvert, who was referred to as Buckshot Calvert by the the ESPN guys. I'm not sure if that's a good name because Buckshot's not very accurate. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I I hadn't really heard that before, but it was. I mean, I, I, it was cool, I guess, but. The, the thought that was that the Liberty offense was going to come in and be able to score points. I mean, I even right. had them scoring 24 points. In, right, I forgot what prediction. I said, but it was, something, it yeah. was like something like that. Yeah, so for for them to initially to come out, they were moving the ball pretty well against the Mean Green offense to mm-hmm. start the game. But then, I mean, it kind of, as time wore on, they looked like they either got tired, and then once they missed that field goal in the second half, and once they, the pick by Kyrie Muhammad, like on the goal line pretty much, also look like it just took the air out of liberty for the yeah game. so i mean it it wasn't a super impressive win but i mean the the end result is a 40 point victory over a team that's pretty pretty good i mean yeah from, beat, they beat ODU 52 know. to 10 so yeah, yeah shout which, out shout which, out old dominion yes for, for shout real out to old dominion for raising our uh, strength the schedule up a little bit more yeah there you go that was an impressive win conference by them. usa still the worst are they <laughs> Time will tell. Pro- they probably still are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> don't don't. Unless Old Dominion turns into FAU 2.0, that'd be scary. Please Shoot. don't. We don't. We don't need that. Yeah, we don't need that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, the. I think the easiest thing to start with with this game is how the game started, which is with a delay, about a 50 minute delay. Uh, nobody in attendance or nobody watching enjoyed. Luckily, it was a away game, so I was watching it from the comfort of my own house. That's good. So I wasn't really... It didn't hurt me too badly. Imagine it was being five there, o'clock. though. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, the the SIDs for football were, were not too happy that the game was... Post, or that lightning was in yeah. the air. And it looked like it was going to be pretty bad, which is why I'm surprised they got it started so quickly. But, I mean, they started about 5.50, and the game played out, played out, played out. Halftime came around... And then once they came back for the second half, it was like pouring rain and windy. Like Seth's interview, Seth had a interview when he came back out from yeah. halftime, and the la- and the lady was like, like shaking, shaking, <laughs> and it was like the wind was like hitting them in the face and everything. And so then, uh, sure enough, about five minutes into the second half, there's an another lightning delay, and so they had to leave for about an hour. And uh, good stuff. Yeah. So so I turned on. NCA fourteen real quick. Just yeah. To, then lost to North Texas to get some. Oh, that's true. It's true. My my dynasty mode lost to North Texas. I scheduled them and lost. It was sad. Um, but regardless, then the game came back on after about an hour, and then 
it was a it was a pretty different game after that because it was twenty one to seven, and then the missed field goal happened in the third quarter, and then North Texas came back and uh, one of the amazing things, one of the drives that the I think probably the drive of the game, um, was after Liberty missed that field goal. I think it was a thirty two some something like that yeah, thirty two yeah. yarder. Um, North Texas drove eighty yards in six plays all on the ground. Like, they was just run yeah. after run after run. Four of them were Lauren Easley, two of them were DeAndre Torrey, and they just walked down the field pretty much. And yeah. So I think the the run game, obviously, is what was impressive from Yeah, from I mean, the when you have Lauren Easley running for 177 yards. It's, and it's and we both said uh, that we thought he'd come come out to emerge as the number one starting back, and he's kind of shown that, obviously. Nick Smith, though, had a carry. He did. 66 yards and a touchdown did. on that single run. So good for him. Good for him. And uh, the O-line. Yep. Dominated. They actually, they actually, yeah, they actually played really well. I mean, when they needed to, we'll get into it a little bit later. But when they needed to, when they needed to push around Liberty's front yeah. seven, they did, and yeah. they did it repeatedly in the second half. So I mean, I think that that was another big takeaway for for me as far as the offense line goes. Uh, Jordan Murray also didn't start. That is another thing uh, we will um, get into in the offense line. But I think that. It it really surprised me when it showed Jacob Brammer, a redshirt mm-hmm. freshman, starting at the left tackle. I thought maybe Jordan Murray was hurt, but it was confirmed that Jordan Murray was not hurt. And so just Jacob Brammer, just yeah, he's still still just not 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 very good. Still, still yeah, but uh, <laughs> not gonna say terrible. So not very good. I mean, for a redshirt freshman to start over a senior like that, especially with the experience too. Pretty yeah, it's pretty yeah. striking. Uh, so. I, I don't I'm not sure what to take away from that because mm-hmm. I feel like Jordan Murray still is gonna be used. I'm not sure right. how often he's gonna start though, and I feel like I mean Jacob Brammer did fine from what I saw. I mean he started at left tackle, which is the most important spot on the offensive line. So yeah. we'll see if Jacob Brammer can hold on to that spot for for the majority of the the year. But I mean they got off to a good start with him. I mean with yeah. him in his first game. So I think if I think if Seth's gonna make the change. Uh, from a senior to a retro freshman, like you were saying, I think we're going to probably see more of him mm-hmm. than Jordan Murray, just because. You feel like it's more, it's because I mean, it's you're not, you're not seeing improvement from Jordan Murray. I mean, you know what he is. He's not going to get better than he already is. He's he holds a lot. We see we've he seen did. that throughout his career. He, he's not. He's, and I'm not saying he's terrible. It's just he's just yeah. he is what he is. Yeah. So I mean, like you said, I feel like there is incentive going into the future starting a retro freshman. First of all, um, but then also I feel like. For a retro freshman to beat out a senior, there has to be a, a gap talent-wise. Because right. what they see in terms yeah. of potential. And, yeah, so yeah. I mean, there Bremer has to be just as good, if not better, than Murray from what they see in practice to start a guy who doesn't have experience over a guy who does have experience. Right. So, I mean, the talent gap has to be there for them to do that. I feel like they wouldn't just do that. Just Right, yeah. Unless, not, maybe Murray got in trouble, we don't know, but I mean... It, but he's not really that kind of guy. Yeah, he hasn't gotten in trouble terms of what we've we never know. seen. We've never heard yeah. anything before, yeah, yeah. So, and it wasn't an injury, so... I mean, who knows? Well, that's something to look forward to going going forward as the season progresses. Agreed. Um, I think we touched on the general points of the game. Forty, like we said, forty-seven to seven. It was the seven points is the lowest total by a Mean Green opponent since November 9th, two thousand thirteen. And that was against uh, Nickel State. No, that I don't. I don't remember actually. It had but to I don't Nickel think State because it was, it was 2013? 77 to zero. No, 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 no. That Nickel. That was the twenty thirteen team that won. It was 2013. I don't remember, but it was November 9th. I think it was. 
I'm looking it up now. It was a later later game. Just look it up. 20, 2013, November 9th. They held they held the team to seven points, and they won that game. So this ties that. That was my own research. Uh, nobody told me that. I looked that up myself. Oh, so oh. It, it could be wrong. Mean North but Texas schedule. Just look up Mean Green Sports. I'm doing it. Um, but I, I do think that, I mean, and I do think the defense played really well, but I think the conditions were also helped both defenses settle into the game a little bit. I feel like mm-hmm. the um, the conditions really cost Calvert and the Liberty offense a couple of first downs just because they dropped a few passes right. that were there. I mean, it looked like it was just pouring. Yeah, and so. especially in the second half. And in the second half, Mason Fine attempted six passes. So you really know that... They just came out and said, screw the pass game. We're just going to run it. UTEP. UTEP. 41-7. 41-7. So I was right. Awesome. So the Nichols State didn't count, I guess. Or that was a different year. I don't know, that was a different year, probably. Probably, I don't know. But, yeah, so 41-7, to like you, like you said. Uh, it's It was their lowest scoring game since then. Not true. Okay, not true. Nichols State was 77-3. to when, when was that? 2014. And they beat SMU that Damn. same year, 43-6. to I guess I skipped over 2014. <laughs> I must go edit everything I wrote. Um, okay, well, anyways. Hey, we caught it. It's been a while. At least yeah, it's, it. it's been it's been yes. at least four years. Okay, so it's been a while. Yeah. Um, I think we hit on pretty much everything. I mean, again, it was another dominant performance by North Texas. So, I mean, there's not too much to get into as far as the general thing goes. But we will get into the individual game analysis um, right now. Yeah. Um, so... I think it's easiest to start with easily. The, yeah, the North Texas offense. Yeah, the run I was game. Say easily. Yeah, the the run game. I mean, just to not go too deep into it yet, but I mean, just basic basic stats wise. I mean, you already said 177 yards on 27 carries. That's good for two touchdowns, 6.6 yards per carry. Um, Liberty only had 2.9 yards per carry. Yeah, and that's the that's the the difference in the game pretty much. I mean, yeah, and it, it, couldn't run the ball. And it wasn't just easily. I mean, the team team as a whole averaged 7.4 yards per carry. So, yeah. Um, no, yeah, dominant far cry of what we've seen. I say it a lot. Far cry. It's far okay. cry. It was. Um, but we've been trashing the whole line and uh and the run game, and yeah. we kind of saw flashes of it against Arkansas. We said that they they've gained a little bit more momentum, it's true. as easily especially, and uh, DeAndre Torrey coming out of the backfield to catch some passes. Um, but easily really kind of showed us what he's made of in this game, albeit a year one FBS team. Yeah. You um, rush 177 yards on 27 carries against anybody. It's I mean, true because they couldn't do it against Incarnate Word. Right. So. And, exactly. You do it. You do it on anybody. I mean. You're gonna have a productive run game. Yeah. So it's it's good to see for sure. Yeah, I think uh, also DeAndre Torrey had 51 yards on eight carries and a touchdown. He looked like he was spry as well. Nick Smith had the one carry for 66 yards and a touchdown. When I was watching the game, I didn't see that touchdown because the signal went out, and I tweeted about it. And a couple other people <laughs> Feels also, bad. also did too. Uh, so I didn't see that touchdown, but it must have been good. I listened to it on the radio. So Mason Fine had a touchdown. Mason Fine had a rushing touchdown as well. Uh, they ran the same sweep play that they did against Arkansas, yep. where he takes a snap and they follow. They ran against the SMU too, right? Mob. I don't think so, but they could have. Oh, okay. I don't remember exactly, but that was like four weeks ago. Long time ago. Sorry. So long ago. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the run game generally. But then the pass game, they they started off strong, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. In the second half, Mason only passed six times, like I said. So you had Mason ending up 16 to 27 for 185 yards, two touchdowns, 
taking one sack. It was it was one of those games where he wasn't great and he didn't have to be great, but he was still better than the other quarterback. Right. So and it's just like in every game, you know you're going to get the better quarterback between right. the two. You're you're not you're really not going to get outplayed most games. I mean, Calvert is supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks that North Texas faces all year. Mm-hmm. He's definitely the best quarterback they faced up to this point, better than Ben Hicks or Cole Kelly. For anybody's better than Cole yeah. Kelly. I mean, Calvert at least had some. He had ability to throw the ball accurately, and especially mm-hmm. when North Texas played man on the outside, they knew what they were trying to get. So they 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 got right. some good plays. Uh, Calvert wasn't helped out when they dropped passes, like I mentioned earlier. His receivers didn't help out a lot. But mm-hmm. 16 to 39 for one touchdown. He took three sacks and had the one interception to Kyrie Muhammad as well. But I felt like he wasn't terrible, despite his numbers being like 40 percent completion. Oh, Mason so. or Calvert? Calvert. Oh, Calvert. Calvert. Yeah. I mean, rain. When you have rain and your receivers it's drop, true. I mean, that, there's so many variables that come into a game like that. I mean, Mason. I said this last week too that. Mason would be putting up his normal numbers, but I mean, you have so many outside factors. You're gonna have drop passes. You're gonna have trouble throwing the ball accurately in, yeah. in conditions like that. So, I mean, both are really good quarterbacks, as we've seen throughout. I mean, they beat ODU 51 to 10. So that's true. 52. 52. To that's 10. true. Sorry. Um, as far as the receiver go, receivers go. Jalen Darden, four receptions for 65 yards. He's coming into his own. And a touchdown. I mean, he's been yeah. Tremendous. It's the second game in a row where he's led the team in yards and tied for the lead in receptions. He has, I predicted coming into the season that he was going to take Michael Lawrence's role pretty much, and that's pretty much what he's done exactly, even though they're not exactly the same players yeah. as far as the routes they'd run and everything like that. But when Jalen Darden has space, I just feel like he's so... He's, he's so, so much more dynamic. Yeah, he's so just elusive, just like on that first touchdown yeah. like we saw. Yeah, Michael Lawrence is more of a kind of a, a guy that will kind of take a tackle try to try to break a few tackles but darden just doesn't want to get touched and yeah. gets around i mean the juke he had against uh, liberty last night yeah. dirty <laughs> it was dirty uh jalen guyton also finished with four receptions for 34 yards i think he only had one drop uh to my memory he had one drop mm-hmm. that that looked pretty easy but it, um, again there's other factors that we don't count into it as well rico Bussy had a touchdown two catches um and kelvin smith i believe had two cut two catches as well Michael Lawrence, I believe, had one or two. I don't remember. Exactly. Uh, Michael Lawrence had one for had seven one, yards. One for seven yards. So, yep. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Michael Lawrence is a, is a short route receiver that just catches it and just, like, falls forward, basically. Yeah. Because, I mean... Possession receiver. Yeah, he's a possession receiver, exactly. So, we'll see how the receiver dynamic continues to go throughout the season. Yeah. But those four, I feel like, had a had a good game once again. So, we'll see. Uh, as, far for, as far as Liberty goes, they had, DJ Stubbs had six receptions for 95 yards. Uh, Antonio Gold, Antonio Gandy Golden, which was their their big time receiver. Which is their their big yeah like yeah. Said, he had five receptions for fifty one yards and entering the entering the game he had I believe it was nine catches for eighty six yards and three touchdowns. Three touchdowns, yeah. So I mean to hold him to that number is pretty pretty impressive as far as the secondary secondary. Games. I agree. Um, those are both offenses. I think that. You can tell just by the numbers, because uh, I, I like getting the numbers out of the way because it really, it tells the story of the game without us having to go too deep into it, which we will do right. as as it goes on. But I feel like the numbers just show that North Texas really dominated this game, and I feel like while the quarterback discrepancy wasn't huge, the receiver discrepancy wasn't huge, the running dis- 
disparity just really yeah i mean just like tells the story of the game pretty yeah much. especially when you said that they had that it was like six plays for 80 yards yeah on one series yeah in the third quarter right coming back from the lightning delay uh that was just pretty much the game i used i said in my 10 take i said in my 10 takeaways that that was um a nasty body shot and it really like as far yeah. as like a boxer like it just really hurt them for the rest of the game i felt like they were winded felt like they never could get right. their footing after that yeah so, for sure as far as liberty goes yeah so. Special teams was interesting. We'll get into that a good amount later because I feel like that's a that's a fun fun topic. There, as far as punting goes, punting is another number where you can look at and it's just like that kind of right. tells the story of the game as well. So, um, but we'll get into that in the special team section. Defensively, um, for our game analysis, Jamie King, Kyrie Muhammad, and EJG all had eight tackles. Kyrie had the had the pick. Brandon Garner had two had a sack. Um, EJG had a sack. Mm-hmm. I think Hambone had a sack. I'm not positive. But, uh, I mean, defensively, they did what they've been doing, and I think they were helped out by the missed field goal, by the Kyrie interception, by the drop passes. Uh, I think there were a lot of things that helped them get to hold them. I think there were a lot of things that helped them hold Liberty to seven points. Right. But, I mean, still, you have to tip your cap to them that with the conditions at hand, they took advantage of those and just – Smothered the Liberty. Yeah, Liberty I mean, offense the defense has been and just dominant. I mean, all four games. Yeah, it's just like we didn't think it. Was, it's like I feel like every game we go into, we're like, oh, we we can't trust him yet. I mean, yeah. last game after they dominated Arkansas, we're like, well, this this yeah, Liberty like, game will oh, be Cole more of a Kelly. test. Yeah. yeah, we're like Cole Kelly. This this Liberty game will be more of a test, and then they go ahead and just dominate. I mean, seven points to seven points. Seven points. Seven yeah, and I. I in the back of my mind, I don't want to trust the defense because I've seen so many bad things, but they're making it really hard to do that. It's true. And um, it's I true. think going into next game, I'm going to say it again, we'll get a lot more, we'll understand a lot more against this Law Tech. I mean, this we'll say this in the preview too. We'll get a, we'll see a lot more against this Law Tech um, offense because it is a conference team. It's more of a gauge. They almost they they gave a, they gave LSU a game. Yeah, they did. So. I don't know. It's just so. I just the defense. It's just. It's. 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 it's you want to believe it, but like you just. It's like. Is it too good to be true? You know what I mean. Right. After all you've seen, right? Like the offense <laughs> is still really good, and then the defense is actually like playing amazing. Lights out. Yeah. yeah. And you said. And you said that in your final breakdown last week. It's the 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 defense is better. The defense has been outplaying the offense. Right. And, and it's still true. And it's and it's hard to say that with the offense being as good as it is. That's true. And. I mean, the especially la- with the run game coming. Around. Yeah, in the last two weeks, I mean, Mason's not been that well, but I mean, they're putting up numbers. They are. So I mean, again, I said I read it. I read it off last week, but I mean, fifty-eight points, forty-eight points, forty-six points, and forty-four points. Right. I think those are the. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. forty-seven, forty-six, and forty-four. Yeah, those are. That's yeah. it. I mean, sheesh, it's it's amazing it's, to, it's to just, watch this it's, team go. It's just so hard to to believe. I mean, uh, really? it's not bad. I, it's not like it's not like there's something that the defense is telling me. Like when I'm not watching, yeah, it's not a like game, there's a there's a red light that's going. Right, I'm not somewhere. watching a game going like, oh, this, uh, they're they just kind of look like they're getting lucky. It's like yeah. they're doing everything they need to do. They're solid. It's just in the back of my mind, I remember 2013, 20 or uh, 2015, 2016, 2016, 2017. It's just, yeah. it, you don't you do, <laughs> go from three straight seasons of bad defense. Yeah, so how are you gonna go from? It's just to weird to go from one to eleven to to four and zero to start the season. With everything coming together, yeah. it's like still adjusting. Your mom always tells you it's too good to be true, and most of the time it is. And this just seems like the perf. Everything has come together perfectly so far for for Seth the Trail on offense and defense. I mean, when you're Seth and you come in, you get Mason, and then 
your defense just all of a sudden becomes a destroyer of worlds. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, honestly. They are. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's good to see, but I, it's hard to trust it still. Yep. The uh, So, let's get more in-depth with the run game now. Okay. I think we've, we touched on pretty, uh, pretty much a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. we want to get in-depth for him. So, next we're going to talk about the run game, the newfound run game of North Texas because that's what it is. It's brand new. I mean, oh, it's yeah. fresh off the shelf. Like like you mentioned, there there were flashes in the Arkansas game. Lauren Easley, I think, had thir- what was it, 13 carries for 68 yards or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. You know, against Arkansas. And so for him to come out and sh- put on the performance he did last night on Saturday, I mean, it, it surprised me because we haven't seen anybody do that since Jeffrey. Yeah, and it, not it even against flashes, the car at work. It had flashes of Jeffrey yeah. in it. I mean, he, the power he possesses and the vision he has. I'm not going to say he's elusive. I don't think he's I don't, He's not like DeAndre Torrey or anything like that. No. He's like small and quick. He's he's a pretty big guy, and he makes people miss, which we saw against Arkansas when he ran that guy over. That's been shown a lot. <laughs> um, I think that him so the the run game is obviously two parts it always is it's always blocking it's always running yeah and it's also how the defense is playing them but i feel like the defense really came down and knew that north texas was gonna try to run the ball because of the conditions Mm -hmm. to start the game yeah especially so it took north texas a while to get the run game going initially but then in the second half they averaged over 10 yards per carry which is just unbelievable on, on um how many carries was it? It was like 16 carries or something like that. On yeah. 16 carries, they averaged like 10 plus. Right. So, and that includes obviously Nick Smith, 66 yard scamper. But scamper. <laughs> Use of words. Still, I like it. but still, it it never ceased to amaze me because it didn't matter who the running back was really. Lauren Easley came in and was effective. DeAndre Torrey was effective. Nick Smith was effective. Yeah. Anthony White came in and had, uh, I believe. Four carries for like 26 Three yards. Three for 26. Three for 26 yeah. yards. Anthony White came in and carved them up. Yeah. Um, Mason Fine had a rushing touchdown. They're Quinn Shambor. Quinn, Quinn averaged seven, uh, seven and a half yards a carry. Quinn Shambor came in and started running the ball every everywhere. No, I he mean, does that anyways when he comes man, in. But yes, yeah. nobody can stop Quinn. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're um, Quinning. They are Quinning now. Nah, yeah, for, for real. The, the, I mean, just the run game. The the ball carriers were tremendous. Yeah. But then, I mean, like I mentioned in the 10 takeaways, the offensive line and the fullback and the tight end mm-hmm. all did their job, and I think that they should be committed. And Seth Luttrell commended them after the game. So so, so do you think that, because obviously it was raining was terrible, do you think that the reason why Liberty gave up so many rushing yards was because of the weather and kind of just being worn down anyways? It did. It did look like... They were worn down in the second half, right? Especially, especially in the fourth quarter, they were worn down. Especially, um, like I mentioned, after the field goal, when North Texas ran 80 yards on six run plays, just like lining up and running the same formation, literally Cannon Mackey in the backfield, running back to Mason's right, hike, turn, hand the ball to running mm-hmm. back, follow Cannon Mackey. Uh, Cannon Mackey is the fullback, in case y'all don't know. Um, I mean, they would just dash the Liberty defense. So I feel like the conditions. Kind of, I, I suppose, obviously, they didn't have a home home field advantage. Right, all. right. So, I mean, that hurts. But as far as, I just think that both teams are on the same playing field coming out of delay. 
And when they missed the field goal, it knocked them down a little bit. And then once the drive happened where they drove 80 yards, it, it was just, over. Yeah. It's like I said, it's just a body punch that it's hard to recover from because then you're like, they just, they looked out of breath for the rest of the game. So yeah. I, I, yes, in a way, yes, to answer your question, it was, they they were worn down. Yeah. Okay. Because I, cause I, I don't think we'll see 177 yards again from Lauren Easley unless it's against so, uh, Rice. A, yeah, a, 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 the worst teams in Conference USA. Sure. It, it that might happen, but um, I do think that we'll see Lauren Easley as the featured back now instead of kind of splitting snaps. Mm-hmm. I think I think DeAndre Torrey will probably be more of a third down back. Yeah, kind of with Nick Smith For sure. in that in that mix. But I think Lauren Easley, after the Arkansas game, after this game, kind of what we he was already kind of the featured yeah. back in the yeah. first two games. I think he'll be. He'll he'll probably be getting a majority of the snaps in the in conference play. Yeah, I mean it's so weird how they've approached this running back situation, which I think is something we should go into. To start Nick Smith game one, to start DeAndre Torrey game two, and then Lauren Easley has been by far the best running back in games three and four. Well, he in all four of those games, other than the DeAndre Torrey uh, against. Lauren oh yeah, Lauren. Yeah, he didn't play in the uh, Incarnate Word game. Yeah. So I mean, I. I mean, still, to go from Nick Smith to DeAndre Torrey to Lauren Easley twice, I mean, they didn't see anything in camp that showed them Lauren Easley was the the better mm-hmm. running back. I mean, yeah, it's no. kind of weird because Nick Smith isn't getting any carries. Yeah, it's it's weird, too, because, I mean, it's not even like it was like a regression. It's just snap of the fingers, Nick Smith is gone. Like, yeah. And it's weird because Nick Smith, I mean, all of last year, uh, last season, Jeffrey was talking, talking about I mean, yeah, the coaches were ta- I mean, the coaches were. I mean, the coaches were talking about, and yeah. Nick Smith was backing it up with. I think he had like six hundred, seven hundred yards. Two, yeah, he had two hundred yard games. I'm pretty sure. At, yeah, at and, the end of the season, and that's with the same line. That's pretty with, much. Yeah, I mean, that's with same offense basically, yeah. and it's against better opponents. I mean, yeah, it yeah. Is. So, um, yeah, like like you said, it, it's it is weird because I feel like Nick Smith is not far off from Lauren Easley. Or DeAndre Torrey, especially. I feel like they're all almost on the same level. I feel like Warren easily just brings that power that they like a little bit more, mm-hmm. especially with this offense. I feel like they don't need speed. More that pure running yeah, back. Yeah, I feel like them just turning the ball, turning, turning around and handing him the ball for four or five yards. They they're not trying to get the big play out of the run game. So I right. think it's more preference than who's significantly better mm-hmm. as a running back, but. Um, but even then, uh, if you don't have that much of a difference, you I feel like if. If all of them are on the same, uh, I guess level, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Smith would probably be the one because he has that kind of balance between speed and and he uh, does. and power. But Lauren Easy's just been showing up. He has been. He has been. Yeah. So um, also to wrap up the the running the running game section, I think Cannon Mackey needs a shout out, and I think Kelvin Smith needs a shout out as well because both of them lined up often on the strong side and just mm-hmm. pushed guys around along with the offensive line so um also just to talk to a viewer uh he asked so what might it take uh for north texas to actually make it on the rankings obviously more wins but in our current pace sorry i'm trying to like read this it's okay. kind of far in our current pace what will it take to secure a top 25 spot okay. um, we'll talk about this later in the vote in, section. in the vote section so if you yeah. want to just stick around we'll definitely we're definitely addressing that oh we're addressing a lot of, oh yeah as far as the rankings go in the votes because they're so. getting ranked soon if they keep this pace <laughs> just yeah, know spo- that spoiler alert if they're like 10 and 0 they're gonna be ranked <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but all right what, what's next what's uh, next on the docket? Uh, we got a 
O-line, we kind of talked about O-line. We talk, yeah, we talked yeah. about O-line. O-line first, good. I guess, the and O-line, then game. Yeah, I do want to say who the stars were. It was Jacob Rammer, uh, Manasseh Most. Man, I can never say his name. Manasseh, That's okay. Uh, Sasai, He's not hating you for Alex it. Woodworth, and uh, Riley Mayfield. Those are the five starters. So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, that, that five, I don't think they've had the same starting five for back-to-back games. Nope. I don't think so. But I, I thought they were going to coming into this game since the offensive line did really well against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But good enough. They, they changed. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say they did good enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they played Arkansas, so yeah. And we again, talked about the athletes on the inside. So yeah, inside. I was surprised that they changed it up again. And if they change it again, I'll be surprised again. Yeah. Because why would you just randomly start Brammer for one game and exactly. then put Murray really... back in and just keep moving people around? Exactly. That was because, like you said, you're not going to make a change like that against an experienced guy unless you think that there's some huge talent difference yeah. or potential for a better um, left tackle there. So we'll see. We'll see for next week. I, agree. Um, um, I guess now we're on the buckshot silenced. Buck, buckshot was silenced. And it got kind of annoying because they said buckshot just for fun in, in the damn uh, broadcast. They were just saying, oh, buckshot takes the snap. Oh, buckshot drops That's back bad. to pass. That's real bad. I'm like, Relax. What if, imagine, imagine them just saying "Chief" for Mason Fine every every That's snap. Buckshot versus Chief. Chief is better. That should have been the headline. Chief is definitely better. <laughs> Chief is better. Uh, Calvert, once again, I think that his receivers didn't help him at all, which um, hurt his stats. I mean, I think he could have had around twenty completions mm-hmm. if his receivers could have could have held onto the ball. There were a couple where he they should have had first downs and they just dropped the ball. Obviously, there was another one of the big plays. One of the big plays of the games that I feel like not everyone knows or saw or took note of. Yeah, was when Buckshot. I'm gonna call him Buckshot real quick. Please stop calling he, him Buckshot. Uh, <laughs> the name dropped, is banned from Bernie's breakdown. He dropped back, and Kyrie Muhammad. I think it was off play action. Kyrie Muhammad kind of bit on the play action, and then the tight end slipped out or fullback slipped out, and was gonna be gone. Mm-hmm. And then Kyrie Muhammad just like grabbed him, and but and. <laughs> Calvert, thank you. And Calvert threw it to where he was going to be, but he, they called a holding call on Muhammad, and so it was a ten yards and a first down. But then two plays later, Kyrie Muhammad picks off Calvert, and yeah. so it just takes the one off. Look, those are the type of smart plays that this secondary just has been taking the penalty as opposed to the yeah. touchdown. Yeah, like they've just been, they've just been sharp so far this yeah. season, and that's going to be our next section. But I feel like Calvert lived up to my expectations because I think he was the best quarterback the North Texas faced this year. Mm-hmm. But and in maybe in drier conditions he gives North Texas a little bit more problems. But North Texas was blitzing him a good amount. Mm-hmm. North Texas had man on the outside a lot and so he never really got too comfortable beyond what the offense what the defense was giving right. him. Right. And his sixteen for forty or sixteen for thirty nine on his that, that does not tell the story. He mm-hmm. wasn't playing that bad. Like you said, drop passes and everything like that. Um I think it's important that they faced a quarterback this this good. Um just for just so they can kind of get different looks because I mean you had Ben Hicks with no receivers. I mean this is the best receiving slash I agree. QB overall passing offense. Yeah, okay, that yeah. Faced. That's a way better way to say that. There you go. Uh way better passing offense than than pretty much Anything they faced, especially last week, I mean, with Cole Kelly. Yeah. So it's important. And, again, it was that test that we've been looking for, and it's just in the back of my mind you don't want to trust it because it's like you have the weather conditions and you're wondering, like, was it that was that the reason why the, yeah, why the defense yeah, you couldn't? Yeah, just keep finding yeah, little you, reasons. I'm finding reasons, but the defense is proving to be 
Just, I agree. The just, linebacker yeah. once again jumped off the page. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we have a front six section on on this podcast, but I'm going to talk about them anyways. Okay. Brandon Gardner and EJ Agio once again had big games. Mm-hmm. They just they've continued to impress me. There's nothing yeah. new there. And like you said in your uh, ten takeaways, Brandon Garner didn't have the stats to jump off the page, but he was everywhere. I agree. In terms yeah. of the eye test, yeah, he was amazing. The um, Jamie King had his best game for the North, for the Mean Green mm-hmm. um, of this season. He had eight tackles. I think he had uh, one or two. I think he had one sack. And uh, yeah, one sack and two tackles for a loss. Yeah. So I mean, he had his best game. Mm-hmm. The front three, I think, all played well. Tawalo, Hambone, and Rod Young. I think Mm -hmm. Young might have had the best game of them, just off of my memory. Right. But so the front six held up, and then we can get into the secondary right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you have a when you have a front six this season, that when you're able to trust your front six, the corners can be a lot more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to kind of click like that, it, it helps your defense just kind of be one unit, which is what they've been. I mean, the corners haven't had to, you know, wait until they can jump a route or yeah. be more aggressive. They can they can actually just kind of do it based off their instincts and not have to worry about, you know, big plays happening because the the line, you know, misses a sack or something like that. So, um I, I don't. I just don't know what else to say about this defense other than it just been dominating. Yeah, yeah. Troy Reffitt, uh called the maybe called maybe the most amount of blitzes I've seen this season, mm-hmm. which left them on man to man on the outside a lot, which mm-hmm. led to a lot of the big, a lot of the medium sized plays that yeah um, Liberty was able to get. Liberty averaged, I believe, thirteen point nine yards per reception, which is a pretty big number uh, yeah 13.9 they had a 25 30 yard 37 and 21 yeah so like i said yeah, those, so aren't, four, those four, aren't huge plays four medium they're plays good size plays uh-huh. and i think a lot of that is just you know having man-to-man on the outside you're not going to be perfect and and they weren't playing way off of them to give them the underneath they were going to make them they were going to make it be a good pass over the top and they were going to make them make a good catch mm-hmm. which they didn't prove they could do really so i mean i think it was a great game planning by ref oh yeah for sure and, and to put this more in perspective those Four plays accounted for more than half of the yards <laughs> receiving. So, yeah. um, the, you lose four plays in a game. I mean, yeah, it's like boomer bust. You know? Yeah, you're gonna, you're yeah. gonna live with the occasional big yeah. plays because they didn't go for touchdowns. The big right. plays didn't really go for touchdowns. So. Yeah, you know what's gonna happen. Yeah, you know, so, gonna, you know, you're they're gonna get but a few I feel of them. Like so the blitz, the blitzes that they were able to bring against uh, Calver really threw him off, and I think like that was a big... I think big. I think it's also important to, to highlight the corners still. Yeah, Nate Brooks and Kimon Hall have been great. Terrific. Um, and Antonio Gandy-Golden was, I mean, 5 for 51, and he had that 30-yard uh, reception. But Nate Brooks, I mean... Like we talked about last week, he's either... He's giving he's he's giving enough space to where he doesn't kind of lose any kind of big yardage, but he's also playing... Just so smart and disciplined, and it's 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 just really great. Yeah, so you have the two corners, then you have Taylor Robinson, who I I think played pretty well. He had some tackles, he had some plays um, where he was in man to man as well. The safeties had a yeah. good amount of man to man as well between him and Kyrie. Uh, they so they showed me a good amount, and then uh, Jamil Moore, the the nickel corner, mm-hmm. he didn't play great. Four um, tackles. He had four tackles, but I mean I just feel like. He of of all the corners, I feel like he is still the one I don't trust the most, uh, which is which isn't terrible. Yeah, but we haven't seen a lot of Cam Johnson really though. It's true. Uh, yeah, he played a couple snaps when yeah uh, Nate Brooks went down for like those two or three plays. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if Cam Johnson can uh, get a couple more snaps. But we'll one see. one thing that's super interesting 
um, in terms of storylines for this defense is kind of not seeing Joe Zogu out there it and is. seeing the rise of Jamie King kind of just come into his own. I mean, he came in for the Incarnate Word game, yeah, and he didn't play any of the first game. I don't think. I don't believe maybe so. at the end. I think they, they, I think him and JoJo, I think, yeah, I think yeah. they played. And now he's starting, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, like full time. Yeah, he, he, he's <laughs> there. He's Did on Joe the field. Have any tackles? Uh, Joe had one tackle. Yeah, JoJo had one tackle. Yeah. And coming into the season, I thought, I mean, everyone told me how good Joe yeah. Zoku was, yeah. so I expected him. But then Jamie King is like a taller, kind of slimmer Joe Zoku, mm-hmm. more who athletic, can, who can still get after the quarterback. But I mm-hmm. feel like. I feel like they both present good things, but I mm-hmm. think the coaches just prefer J- um, Jamie at this point in the yeah. season. So yeah, yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. Interesting to watch, for sure. Next is special teams, and I this was funny if you watch the game because the punter for Liberty, bless his soul, he just had the worst <laughs> night of anybody on the field. He averaged twenty five yards a punt. That's less not than, good. Less than twenty five yards a punt, and Let that includes that like. Exact. 20, 24.8 so, yards yeah. per punt, and that doesn't include a negative four-yard punt he had, which... Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, what? Look, let me, let me break it down. <laughs> okay, break let it me, down. Let Bernie's me, breakdown, breakdown. Let me describe it to everybody <laughs> who's listening who might not have seen it, the play exactly. So this was, again, the conditions were wet out there. Everyone was dropping the ball everywhere. The snap from the long snapper goes a little bit to his right but it's still catchable it's like at his face almost Mm -hmm. and he just jumps up and just drops it through his hands so he goes turns around runs picks it up and like there's like obviously four north texas guys on him yeah so he just like runs and like gets a foot on it and it goes like 20 yards but he was like 24 yards back and so it's a negative four yard punt. (laughs) oh no so this poor guy just had terrible nights he had and like he had a 10 yard punt he had a 20 yard punt uh, I want to say he had like an 18-yard punt or something. His and then longest he, is 40. And then he had a 40-yarder 40, 40 or so. So, Yeah, it's to have six night. punts for 150 yards is not good. <laughs> <laughs> just sounds bad. It's just it's bad. To put that so, in perspective, uh, Alvin Kenworthy had four for 174. Yeah. So, and so that's, the, that's why we have this tab is because that disparity is another win for North Texas. The special team yeah. won that as well. Alvin Kenworthy's been terrific. 43 and a half yards per punt. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's legit. That's, Keen, that's, that's Eric Keena Keena. numbers. That's, yeah, Keena, that's numbers. Keena numbers. Keena put up 44 uh, a punt. And so, I mean, Ken Worley's been doing his thing. I yeah. mean, there's not much you can say at this point it's, besides everything's clicking for North Texas it's, special teams. Yeah, it's just like it's just like the defense. Like, you don't want to – I mean, <laughs> special teams is different because it's, it's not – they're not playing every snap of a game pretty much. But, man – Everything is coming together for this team. Yes. All three phases. We do have to mention, though, Cole Headland missed the extra point. On here, it says 5 for 5, by the way, so I don't know if that's just... Oh, maybe it was a... It says he definitely it, missed it. I, know I don't he know missed if they could it, credit so I, someone else or credit it to a bad snap or something. I'm not sure, but it says 5 for 5, and it also says for Liberty kicking that they're, he didn't even attempt a field goal. Oh, that's weird. Well, anyways. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm, I'm just giving you a heads up. Uh, yeah. But... Yeah, he missed the extra point, and then after that, they went for two, and they ran this really weird thing where Rico Bussey and Mason Fine switched positions in the middle of the snap while they were like, or not middle of the snap, but pre-snap, and then I thought Rico was going to throw a pass or something, and all Rico <laughs> did was just take the snap and run to the left Where's and the get Philly tackled. Where's the Philly special? Right? We're... Where is the Philly special? We in, want it. In two two-point conversion attempts this year they've ran really weird stuff it super was the weird little, the first one was the pass out to bussy or someone and like then that and then, then they, they lateral they lateral it just back got tackled for a loss 
it would have worked if they would have caught the lateral, but they didn't, and that's the risk you take. And then this time they ran some weird wildcat stuff that didn't work at all. So they zero oh for two on two point yeah, conversions. Yeah, okay. Not looking great for them. But uh, if a game came down to two, then there you go. Yeah, don't don't trust it. <laughs> um, but that's that's the special teams pretty much. I think the main thing that I wanted to say was how bad Liberty, poor Liberty's kicker was. Yeah, punter was. Part of punter was. So sad. Yeah. So next we have votes. We will be answering that question here as well. So just to summarize everything, North Texas last week had four AP votes, four votes in the AP poll. Yeah. And had five votes in the coaches poll. Mm-hmm. So it's coming after after first time. Three. Yeah. Since when? I don't know probably, that stuff. Probably 2013. I don't know. I didn't look that up. I didn't ask. I know one. Brett had it. Okay, I'll find it while you I continue talking. It doesn't matter. So they had, and again, this is coming off the big Arkansas win. This is mm-hmm. coming off the big punt return where everyone knew who North Texas was at this point in the year. They were 3-0 with a huge margin of victory. I think it was 30-point margin of victory, which is at 33 now, which is, I think it's third in the country, if I'm not mistaken. And so this week... They went out. They did their thing against Liberty. Liberty's mm-hmm. an FBS school, a quality. And I'm not gonna say good school, but they're a quality opponent. Beat beat them soundly. And so now, this week, like an hour ago, the AP and the coaches poll came out, and North Texas has 17 votes in the coaches poll. Yep, which is huge. That's which is really 41st big. First in the country, so we're only 16 spots away. From Mention that. some of the teams who were ahead of who North Texas ahead of. Sorry, uh, USC. USC. North Texas is ahead of USC in the coaches' poll. I think that's the only one I really remember, but that's a big one. And uh, then in the AP poll, North Texas got 10 votes. That's more than double the amount of votes that they had last week. And that puts them in 38th place, one behind TCU. And uh, I think the the AP poll is obviously the bigger bigger of the two, I I think, just because that's what more people use. Yeah. Still... To, to begin these votes, I mean, I, I can see it going up, like, by two times as much every week they keep winning. Especially if they win yeah, against La Tech, it, it's going to go up if, to probably 20 and 30. If North Texas wins by 30 points against La Tech. Okay, yes, that's true. If they, I mean, if they win by 30, which would surprise me, if they win by 30, they're going to be they're gonna be probably top 35 in both. Oh, so, yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly kind of surreal to see North Texas kind of make a scene onto the national uh national level because they've never really been known for that aside from the 2013 outlier when they almost kind of yeah. beat Georgia and then um I guess in the 70s and 80s when you had uh, Joe Green yeah Joe Green, well, and, Joe Green was like 60-ish but was yeah, it 60s? we get the point okay yeah okay during that time period exactly and they've never really broken onto the scene and to have that happen now after being ranked last three years ago I mean <laughs> dead last in college yeah. football teams it's uh it's 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 weird um I, I mean if you if you have if they beat La Tech and if they beat uh I forget who's, well, who's next that? UAB I think it's not UAB SME, uh, Southern Miss uh well, if, if you looked it up then you should know it then I didn't look it up yet okay well, doing it right now um if they beat La Tech and then they beat uh UTEP okay well they'll beat UTEP so if they beat La Tech and UTEP they'll be six and zero halfway through the season six and zero with a quarterback that's Putting up numbers should be putting up numbers. Yeah, should be putting we, up we're, numbers. We're gonna assume. And you'll have, I mean, unless something just absolutely disastrous happens, we'll be averaging at least twenty-five points in terms of margin of victory oh, per yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't see. I don't see why. I don't see why that you couldn't. You you wouldn't put him in top twenty-five. So um, is week six? You think the earliest they could get in? Depending on how, if okay, if you beat Law Tech by forty-seven to seven, you get. I think you get twenty-fifth. <laughs> oh, it's, that's, I don't. I still don't think that's so. If, I still. If, don't but think it has so. to be. It has to be through offense and not through defense. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. It has to. It, yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't. It can't be like the Arkansas Mason win. Mason Pine has to get headlines. Right. You can't. You can't win through defense against if you. If you're gonna try to get votes next week, and it has to be like a 40 point win, yeah. um, but I don't, I don't think so. I think I think after the UTEP game is probably the earliest. Yeah. But who do they play after UTEP? Southern Miss and so UAB. So then they play Southern Miss and UAB. Yeah. Okay. So those are two winnable games, but they'll be kind of challenging. So I mean, like I, I've said this before, the schedule is easy. The schedule yeah. is easy, but outside of those three games, pretty much. Hey, ODU beat Virginia Tech though. And I'm okay. I'm just Let's kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so outside of Louisiana Tech, Arkansas, and FAU, I said that the schedule was really easy, mm-hmm. and that's without knowing how good SMU was before the season. Uh, I mean, I just don't think Conference USA, any any team outside of FAU is going to give North Texas a big challenge if they show up. So no, and I there don't... will be a game probably where they don't show up, and we'll see how they respond, and we'll see how they come out, and it'll probably be a road game at mm-hmm. some point. Well, you could even and argue we'll they didn't show up against Liberty right away. I wouldn't say that. I, th- I feel like Liberty's a good team. I feel like Liberty's not as bad as forty-seven to seven. No, I don't. I, I definitely so, don't think that. So I definitely I, don't I, think I'm that. I'm not gonna say that they didn't show up. But um, no, I mean, if they go okay, say say they go like twelve and two. What do you what do you think they finish at at the the final? Like what's okay? What's the peak? Well, no, if they what's, lose to FAU in either one of the games, whether it's the conference championship or the regular season, that'll dock them pretty good. And then if they lose in their bowl game to USC, who will be borderline ranked or whatever, let's say for instance, that'll dock them as well. So right. I, they won't be ranked. But they'll what do you be, think? What do you think? Like what 40. do you think they could finish at? Like in, in like what a, a perfect scenario. What do they finish at in in the top twenty five? Fourteen zero. If they go fourteen, say they go fourteen zero. They go fourteen zero. The top best they can finish, I think, is fifteen. Okay, and overrated fifteen though. That's what, I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah. They're not. They're not better yeah. than like TCU or. No, I think they like could give TCU a game. Yeah, but TCU hung with Ohio State. I mean, this is different. Yeah, it's, it's different it's animals. Athletes in depth. Yeah, different. Yeah, athletes, for yeah. sure. It's you could you could hang with them for a bit until it's a different world. Yeah, for yeah, sure. for sure, for sure. Um. So yeah, I think that's. That's in play, and so was that. Did I answer the question? I want to make sure we answer um, the question. So we talked about winning, obviously. Um, if we keep, if he says obviously more wins, but if we keep our current pace on track, to, what are we on track to actually make a top twenty-five spot? spot so. Yes, you, we're on track, or yes, North Texas is on track yeah. because they don't play FAU till week eleven. Yeah. So. Like I said, if you beat, if you beat, if you win this game, Louisiana Tech, Louisiana Tech, I've said before, is the second best game, biggest game on the schedule because mm-hmm. that's in the division, that's in in the conference and in the division. So you have to win this game to play the conference championship game. Yeah. This is arguably the biggest game on the well, schedule. And I even think if I don't, I think some point in this season, North Texas is going to get ranked. Not saying they'll finish the season that way, but I think some point this season they will be, they will break the top twenty-five if if they win against if Louisiana they, Tech. Yeah. If they win against Louisiana Tech. They will be wrecked at some point. Yeah, that's that's and the statement for at least one week. I agree. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't I don't know if they'll hold that, um, but I definitely think that I th- I do think um, like you said, if they lose against an FAU, I think FAU's 
kind of thing is FAU has already lost two games. To exactly. UCF, I say if they, if, they, if, they, if North Texas loses to FAU, I think any chance after that of getting ranked again is yeah. is yeah because you only have three games after that. Right, and the You'd bowl game to, has to be have to be perfect because you're yeah. gonna play a quality team. Even though you're not gonna play like as good of a team, you'll still play like a Troy or somebody. Yeah, that's gonna be good. Yeah. So, so I hope that um, answered the question. In but, terms of being in the top twenty-five, how? So North Texas obviously is is in that conversation now. But yes. how many teams do you actually think they could they could hang with in their area? So so USC, you think they could hang with? I don't think uh, it would be. It, I think USC is one of the few teams that North Texas would be favored by ten or less. Yeah. Yeah, I think USC would be favored by about. 12 10, 10 to 12 somewhere like that yeah but but who do you think who do you think that north texas like because obviously we say 15 is overrated but what's what makes them what's what makes them yeah like what's a what's a team like i feel like iowa is still better i mean you have teams like that you have teams like oregon who was ranked 20 who put up a great fight in stanford yeah. i'm not even sure what, what oregon's ranked now they they might not even be top 25 even though they hung with stanford for four quarters and should have won that game mm-hmm. i mean so i mean there's just a lot of teams that are just like they're just they're just better they're just more they just have more depth they just have more talent right. than north texas right. does and so i think if if north texas could play every single team in the country i feel like they'd definitely be top 50 i, I feel like top i feel like a 40 to 50 range is is who they could be if that makes sense yeah like i feel like top 40 it's it would be really tough because usc put, is probably 30 35 or something like that okay okay so that's, that, that was i that was gonna ask you like put a team in that like a team that people would know in yeah, that range like oregon's probably like 25 to 30 right now and yeah North Texas is not being Oregon. I mean, no. TCU is yeah. probably thirty right now. Yeah, and this isn't and, and this isn't because North Texas doesn't have. I mean, North Texas at the start of a game in the first quarter could probably hang with most teams. Yes, but, but there's so many other factors like depth, the thing, at, just athletes. Thing is, we've raved about this offensive line, but I mean, you right. you go against you go right. against Texas A and M is probably is is probably twenty five right now or something like that. A and M, A and M's got just A and M monsters. A and M, A and M. Can play, yeah. yeah they're so not. you have that. I mean, you you have Texas Tech, who's at the twenty fifth in the AP poll right now. Mm-hmm. They they've been playing amazing. So mm-hmm. I mean, you just have teams across the country that are playing really are playing not great for their conference standards, but right. they still could beat North Texas. In my opinion, I know there there might be there might be some homers out there for North Texas that say no, we could beat twenty six through fifty. I just don't. I just don't see it because I, the depth is so different. Yeah, and and sure, there's always the possibility. Like, there's always going to yeah, be that course, chance. Of yeah, course, I mean, of we saw ODU beat Virginia Tech. Of course. And but North Texas, like you said, in those in that twenty-five to fifty range, they're not going. They'll have a chance to beat those teams. Of course. But you know, nine times out of ten, yeah, you probably won't beat yeah, that team. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and they might keep it close. And using Arkansas as a barometer is not good. Yeah. I mean, look what I mean. Auburn just wrecked them yesterday as well, and they didn't even try. So, it's there's there's teams that North Texas can hang with, I think. And so we'll see in the bowl game. I think the bowl game will be a great indicator because mm-hmm. they should, if they go, even if they lose to FAU in one of the two games that they presumably play FAU, they'll still get a good team. They'll still get a, a team in that forty to sixty range that they yeah. should be on an evil. And it'll, it'll be a known with. team. It's yeah. not going to just be and some UNLV. Or... Yeah, it could be like Georgia Tech or something like that. Yeah, um, which would be terrible because the triple option that Georgia Tech runs. But still, it would be a team like that, where I think that because last year, 
North Texas and Troy were on a similar playing field. You felt like going to the game. Mm-hmm. Troy proved that they were Their way defense. better. Yeah, I mean, that, they beat LSU. They beat yeah. this year. They who they beat? Um, I'm I i do not remember exactly, but I Nebraska. mean, Troy, Troy. That's true. They did. Well, Nebraska looks terrible well, nowadays. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, <laughs> but still, I mean, they're gonna have another chance to prove themselves in the bowl game. So we'll see when the rankings come out by the end of the season after week twelve mm-hmm. or after the twelfth game for North Texas. We'll see where they where they place, and we'll see going forward how if they have to win the conference uh, championship game to get uh, like a USC or something, and then we'll go from there. So yeah, and that's not and we'll we're not I'm not trying to dock the by saying that North Texas is of overrated course. in the top 25, oh. but I think it's important to note that just because you're in the top 25 doesn't mean that you're going to beat you're a 10 top teams below team. right. That doesn't you're exactly. at the time you're a top 25 team. Okay. USC if they're if if North Texas is 20th and USC is 25th. USC's probably going to win that game. Of course. Um of course. it's more of just kind of like a Same hey with Texas like a right. Texas. Right. It's it's more of just like a hey you're doing good. Yeah. type of thing. And I think it's important for people to know because then you if not then you get teams like UCF who say they're the best team in the country. Right. And I I was a fan of UCF last year and I um and, and what they brought to the table. They were really a good team. I just don't still think are. that they would have. Yeah, they, they still are a very good team, but I just don't think they were on the level of Alabama stuff, which is why they didn't make the playoffs. So, right. I just so that that's kind of that's a good question. It's a good question to have, but if you look at this North Texas schedule and you and you think that North Texas has a difficult schedule at all, mm-hmm. if you think they have like a C or you think they have anything above a C plus schedule. Yeah, they you're, don't. No, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, no. they, they don't. It's, yeah, if I had to grade it, I'd say it's a C minus. Yeah, honestly, might even be a B plus. And and despite and whatever right. lines say, other than the Arkansas game, they're a favorite in every game. They are. Yeah, they are. So, we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be very exciting if they do get ranked, and I'm I'm hoping that they do because. Mm-hmm. But again, it all starts next week against Louisiana Tech. Right. Who, that segues perfectly into our Louisiana Tech preview. Oh yeah. For this. Um, huge game. I've said it before. It's the biggest game on the schedule because it's in the conference and it's in the division. If you lose this game, there's a good chance you don't play in the Conference USA Championship game. And that would not be fun for us to cover. Because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it doesn't mean too, too much as far as like playing in that game goes, but it does ruin your perfect season. It ruins playing FAU. When the, it Ru- it ruins getting the revenge. It ruins <laughs> winning championships, which is what South Latrell has preached yeah. for three years. Yeah. And so this is the biggest game because you can lose the FAU and still make the conference championship game. You can lose the FAU and still be the conference championship. Yeah. Camp yeah. champion. Yeah. You can't lose this game unless if Louisiana Tech falls apart after this game or whatever, but you can't lose this game and go on to be the champion of Conference USA. And that's the goal right now is to win Conference USA. So... This is a huge game. Mm-hmm. This also has Mean Joe Green statue being um, displayed. I heard it's eight feet tall. Oh, God. I'm going to be taking a picture with that for sure. Maybe he'll throw you a Coke and his jersey. <laughs> if, that's not, <laughs> if that's not the statue, there's a problem. <laughs> it just better be him drinking a Coke and throwing his jersey at a kid. Hey, that's kid. the goal. Catch. But anyways, anyways, huge game. I'm expecting big turnout. If they don't fill Apogee up here... You're and never gonna fill up Yeah, it's, <laughs> SMU was close. We'll give him credit, but SMU was close. But animal. this is a different. This is a. This is. This is the game where it gauges how competitive North Texas can be on not only just in Conference USA, but 
like we're talking about since we're talking about the top 25 on a national level because this is an actual team they're not they're not a world beaters no they're not but but this is a team that can give north texas a test um this team is definitely gonna be better than smu and i, th- I better, think they're th- gonna be better than arkansas oh yeah probably because they have an offense they do they're gonna they have an offense they do. And, and they have some experienced offensive players as well like quarterback yeah. jamar smith yeah and um this this really gauges like is 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 north texas kind of living up to the hype of course they beat all their other t- opponents by like 50 points almost but none of those teams i mean when you look at them they're not good mm-hmm. i mean smu we've seen how bad they've been this season yeah uh, incarnate word fcs arkansas can't throw the ball to save their lives and uh liberty yeah you, you, i mean, I mean they had the chances, score the score yeah. says everything the score says itself. Yeah. yeah so um this game is important not only i think for just conference this year but i think just for the image of I agree. what North Texas brings to the table in terms of a football team, um, especially if you if you're wanting to get into that top 25 or of course good bowl game. So, of course. Louisiana Tech to run through their first three games. They beat South Alabama 30 to 26, and South Alabama is not a bad team. They um, South Alabama beat Troy last okay, year. Okay, yeah, I was waiting for you to um, say some stuff like South that. South Alabama has wasn't great last year, but I mean they're they're usually a pretty solid team to go up against. So. It's like a Liberty. Yeah, yeah, I'd put them all about mm-hmm. on the same level as Liberty. So to beat them by four points isn't isn't a bad result, but it's a, it's a win. So 30-26 against them. They beat Southern, who's FCS school, 54-17. to mm-hmm. And then they played LSU last week, or yesterday, Saturday. And they lost 38-21. to So make of, that what, of, make of that what you will. Going to the fourth quarter, it was 24-14 LSU. So they hung around. They hung around. Yeah. They were. They didn't get pushed around too badly by their their big brothers. De- yeah, definitely not. And uh, like you said, this team has experience, and I that's really important, especially like you said, Jamar Smith. Um, yeah, the quarterback. Yeah, uh, he's right now seventy for one sixteen for nine hundred nineteen yards and seven touchdowns with four picks. But four picks, seven touchdowns. Um, yeah, that's not a bad stat line. We're just used to not, Mason. Not Klein. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> He has experience. He knows how to win games. Obviously, they destroyed they, SMU in last year's bowl game. Yeah, they uh, almost the beat North Texas last year. Yeah, they almost beat. It was 24-23. 24-23. Um, so they've seen this before. They've seen North Texas before. North Texas has seen them before. This is going to be a competitive game. <laughs> we could be proven wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> we just keep saying these games going to be competitive, and one's going to be competitive if, eventually. We should read off read off our predictions and how far we are off. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, because yeah, we'll yeah. man, we we predict every game to be within two scores. Two or three scores, and yeah. it's like not happening. Yeah, it's not at all. Um, but no, uh, this team. This team is a good team. They're balanced. They got a defense. They have an offense. Um, they actually have uh, two running backs that they like to run with. Uh, Jaquiz Dancy is that how you say his name? Uh, don't ask me. Okay. Uh, well, Jaquiz. he's uh, he's twenty seven carries for two hundred forty two yards. He's averaging nine yards a carry. Yeah, and like um, neither one has like over ten carries per game. So but it's kind of distributed. But, that, that balance. but they do have a balance. Yeah, and it's a good balance, obviously. If you're averaging nine yards a carry, three and a half yards a carry, three and uh, two, three and a half yards a carry, and then six yards a carry. Yeah. So they have their their utility guys for what they need to do in the receiving wise. They They're have, led by a big time. Yeah, uh, Adrian Hardy. Yeah, Adrian Hardy. He's uh, he's been great. He's he had pretty two good. touchdowns against LSU, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, he did. He had two touchdowns against LSU. He, on the season, he has 19 receptions for 122 yards per game for three touchdowns and 19 yards per catch. So he's a big-time play receiver. Mm-hmm. He had two touchdowns against LSU, and it looks like Jamar is going to be looking for him early and often more than yeah. anyone else. This this is going to be a r- real big test for uh, 
Nate Brooks. I agree. I'm assuming that he's I'm guarding assuming him. Nate Brooks as well. Um, because you have a quarterback that's experienced and you have a receiver that's a big time receiver. Uh-huh. Um, so having that tandem for once this season, I think, is important. Again, to gauge the defense that always in the back of our mind, we don't know if they're yeah. for real or not. Um, also to put the LSU kind of close game into perspective, they were LSU was ranked number six. Yeah. So now they're ranked number five. Yeah. So they're legit. So yeah. So be scared. <laughs> I think. Yeah. So there's yeah. reason to be cautious going into this game if you're a North Texas fan. Um, on defense, they're led by Jones Jackson, who had who has 1.5 sacks and two fumble forced on the year. Mm-hmm. Then they they had two players who were. Is my phone ringing? San Antonio number. Um, anyways, they had two players that made the first team all Conference USA preseason, and that's defense lineman Jalen Ferguson and defensive back Amik Robertson. And Ferguson has two sacks and one forced fumble, and Robertson has one pick as a defensive back. So they have talent mm-hmm. on this defense. I don't think they're going to be more talented than Arkansas, but they might be more disciplined than Arkansas, yeah. and they might be more well. Have more heart. Yeah, they might be. Yeah. <laughs> that's one not, way to not yes. feel like they're just going to. Yeah, Correct. like get get a short field every time like Arkansas did. Uh, but I think Arkansas might have, was probably a good test for North Texas. And while Liberty wasn't bad defensively, I think that this is going to be a good step up for North Texas. I agree. To face. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what else to say other than that this this game matters. And if, if you lose this game, I think it lowers the view of the program in terms of yeah, all it the kinda, hype. It's 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 almost like uh, that like we we're talking about earlier. The whole too too good to be true thing. It's like mm-hmm. if if they lose this game, I kind of think it's gonna be like oh they're just they're yeah they as, beat bad teams. Yeah, they beat bad teams. Yeah. And uh, if after La Tech, I mean, who can you say is a good team other than FAU? Yeah. So it, it it'd be hard to kind of overcome that whole. In my opinion, Let they down. only beat bad teams. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, they'll have they'll definitely if they lose this game, they'll definitely be some reconstruction to their brand their their image as far as nationally yeah um being recognized so i mean they're gonna i think i like i said it's the biggest game of the year in my opinion and i'm trying to find the line for this game but i can't so on sports line type in sports line and then go to college football odds and then what time's the game the game is at six i believe the game is at six at apogee stadium which we didn't mention or which we oh did, yeah we did kind of mention it's like i said you better I'm expecting to fill a full apogee at least as much as it's got to be. You got to you got to get at least as much that we're at SMU. I'm expecting that that number twenty nine thousand plus easy. Like there better be like less than two thousand seats open. I think it might be a talking point if there's not. If there's <laughs> not, I'm gonna have to write another column like I did last year. Remember that column from last oh, year yeah. where I said it's time for you to support this team. The team's good, and then people finally supported them. So. I think that was right before the UTSA game too, where UTSA was packed. Where, bruh? If you should just go to. College I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And then you go to. It's at six o'clock. The games are in order by time. Hold on. Control F. They don't have it. Doesn't look like. I'm in odds, right? That's the one you click. Yeah. Yeah. It's by time. Two. View future. It should be six six o'clock. That's it. They don't have anything else. That's weird. Okay, well, ESPN uh, has North Texas favored by 78% to 22%. If I had to guess the line, I'd say North Texas by five and a half. Yeah, it's not going to be... I'd say sports line. 
I can't believe they don't have it. This is a this is a big game. This is a big yeah. This Do they not? North Texas is a national team now. Do they not understand? I don't believe that they don't have it. They have the rice game, so they. Well, okay, actually, it's kind of early. Actually, that makes sense. How are you gonna have the rice game though? They might. I don't. I don't know. I guarantee you, it'll be on there. It'll be up there by the time by the time the game comes around. I'm not worried about it right now. But we'll yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. Anyways, ESPN has. North Texas favored 70% on their little BPI thing, their football power index. Well, that's um, always right. Ask Virginia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was probably like 90% or <laughs> yeah, something was, like that. I think it was 99, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's, that's crazy. Amazing. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I don't really think there's anything else that needs to be said about right. La Tech. So um, I think... Uh, final breakdown? Final breakdown for Bruni once again. Once again. What's, what do we got What because, do we got today? Because Colin likes sleeping through his alarms. No, that's not why. That's I just a, don't have anything to say. Okay, that's true. That's true. All right. So, final breakdown. Try to keep this one kind of short, but because, like Colin said, there's nothing too controversial. Right. There's, to go there's, over there's here. no hot take flying yeah. around right now. So, but um, I do think that this breakdown or this final thought is going to be important going forward because we've talked about it already, kind of. Right. So, my final breakdown is the fact that North Texas should be favored to win Conference USA, and that is with. FAU still in the conference, obviously, mm-hmm. and that is with FAU showing that they still have potential. I watched, I sat back and watched the UCF versus FAU game, the second half, I should say, and FAU still was able to move the ball against UCF. FAU still has those playmakers. FAU still has Devin Singletary, even though they have a freshman quarterback, they still have the ability to move the ball as an offense. Defensively, they couldn't do anything against UCF, and they couldn't do anything against Oklahoma, for that matter. Even Air Force gave them some problems. So that's why I'm still hesitant on FAU. That's what I want to get out of the way first, is that FAU has is still the top contender, but I think North Texas is, the, is in line to be the champion right now. Every week from this team, we've a different concern has been answered. Week one, we wondered if Mason Fine could repeat the performance he had last year with no Jeffrey Wilson with a different offensive line. You know, it's a, it's a, it's still a different team. And we wanted, when he wanted to make sure that Mason Fine could repeat what he did, and he went 40 or 50 for 444 yards and three touchdowns. So he, right off the bat, he resolved that concern. Week three, I'm not going to count week two, because I feel like week two we didn't really learn anything about this team that we didn't already know. Week three, Arkansas. The defense played the best game in a long time. One of the best games ever by a North Texas defense. Six interceptions, uh, four sacks. It was just complete domination by that against an SEC school, regardless of how bad Cole Kelly was. Um, The defense still came out to play. So the defense answered that question. Week four, last yesterday, the run game answered the last question left of this North Texas team entering conference play. Lauren Easley, 177 yards, is now the premier back of this offense, and the offensive line showed that they are up for the challenge against a defense that knew they were going to run the ball, and they couldn't stop them. Mm -hmm. Like, the offense just continued to roll even though they only relied on on the run game. So I think that's the third concern being answered. So you have a defense that's stout now. You have a run game that's quality, and you have a passing game that is prolific once again, even though the rain and the situation wasn't great last night. 
you also have special teams that has outplayed every single team that they've gone against up to this point. Alvin Kenworthy is, like we mentioned, is putting up numbers like Eric Kina. Uh, Cole Hedlund, even though he missed extra point in the rain and the dampness yesterday, he's still having a great start to the year. Kick returner, punt returner-wise, we all saw the punt return, Keegan Brewer, but Jalen Darden is a good punt returner. DeAndre Troyer is a good kick returner. And you have players on the special teams now that don't get everyday snaps, so you can focus on the special teams a little bit more. Keegan Brewer, um, Nick, or, uh, DeAndre Torrey, yeah. and guys like that. So all of that being said, I think this is a well-rounded team in every facet of the game, and I think that that just makes for a team that can overcome a lot of stuff once they get into conference play because there will be challenges for this team come conference play, whether it's a road game against uh, UAB. Regardless of what it is, I just think that this team is going to be able to overcome slow starts. It's going to be able to overcome being down a touchdown in the fourth quarter. They've shown that resilience and they have that experience to to present teams with a lot of problems. So that's why I think that they're going to have the best chance at winning Conference USA. But then we'll know this week whether they're going to win Conference USA or not. Yeah, We will know after this Louisiana Tech game how legit they are because there's a chance they blow out Louisiana Tech. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Considering what we've seen in the last four games. So... If they beat Louisiana Tech, I will also say that they're going to go 12-0. I don't know if they're going to win the conference championship game. I don't know if they're going to win the bowl game. I just know they're going to go 12-0 if they beat Louisiana Tech this week. The schedule is easy, like I've said. Louisiana Tech, FAU are the only two challenges left on the schedule if they show up to the games. And with that being said, and with this team being as well-rounded as it is right now, I mean, seriously... I can't name a super weakness of this team. The biggest weakness right now is probably still the offensive line in a way. I mean, I don't think it's the defense at all. I don't think it's the pass game. I don't think it's the run game anymore. I think it might be the offensive line and do, with the maneuvering they're still doing up there. But outside of that, I mean, this team is just at least a B-plus in every category. They're just yeah. they're knocking it out of the park through four games. So that's why I think North Texas should be favored to win Conference USA, and I think that's why they will win Conference USA this year. And that's the final breakdown. Live. Um, also, we didn't. I realized while I was talking, we didn't do our predictions. I realized that too. So uh, read off. Read off what we have so far. Okay. So this is. This our, means don't trust us, by the way. This is our first three <laughs> FBS games, not including Carnivore. SMU. Colin had thirty-five to seventeen, and I had forty-five thirty-five. The final score was forty-six to twenty-three. So technically. I don't know who you want to say was closer. I'm saying I was closer. <laughs> Arkansas, Colin had 30 to 27. Chat who was closer. <laughs> I had 35 to 31. Both of us had it being a close game, and obviously it was 44 to 17. Both of us were off by like 23 and 24. Not close. Liberty was, uh, Colin had 38 to 20. I had 49 to 24. Probably our best predictions yet, honestly. <laughs> and the final score was 47 to 7. So, <laughs> I mean, at least at least I got right North Texas being a high, scoring a lot, and you got right Liberty not scoring a lot. So, kind of got that right. But uh, so, what's your prediction for Louisiana Tech? Con? See, I want to pick a close closer score like we have been doing, but 
the team has shown me every time that that's not what we should be doing. The, the don't. But this is LaTeX. So. Is that mic close enough for you? I had to make sure that it was emphasized. This is LaTeX. Go ahead. LaTeX put up 21 against LSU. Mm hmm. That's an actual SEC defense. That's not an Arkansas deflated, I hate everything defense. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, man, 36-25 North Texas. 36-25 to 25 North Texas. Write it down. Write it down. Ladies and gentlemen. 36-25 to 25 North Texas. That's an interesting, interesting score. Why? I'm just thinking how they're going to get 36. I just, I just, it was just the number that came to my head. <laughs> Sorry. You get 20, that could be another missed extra point. You get, you no, know, you get 27 points and you get three field goals. There you go. So there's going to be five, five field, field goals. Five, either five field goals or, anyways. Okay. 35, 20, 36, 25. My final score is going to be, I feel like even if North Texas offense has a slow start to the game, I feel like the defense is going to help them out a good amount. I feel like they'll get a couple turnovers. Jamar Smith has thrown some picks. So I'm going to say 38, 38 to 20, oh, I don't want to say the same thing as you, actually, never mind. I'm going to say, this going to be, it's going to be a low scoring game for North Texas, actually. Oh. I'm going to say 34. <laughs> this is going to be a low scoring game. <laughs> 34 North Texas to 24. Okay. That is the same score. Screw it. We're putting it. 34-24 North Texas. What I say? 36? You said 36-25. That's exactly the same. Thing. Look, I just, I'm just, I'm thinking North Texas offense. Hold on. I'm thinking out loud here. I'm thinking about scores out loud. Don't hold me to any of these, actually. I'm, this is going to be my final score. My final score is going to be 40, 41. Oh, man, this is tough. This is tough because we've been proven I, wrong every week. So. I know, I know. I'm trying to like do something that I wouldn't normally think of because what I would normally think of is probably gonna be wrong. So I'm gonna go 41. Stick with your gut. To 28. 41 to 28, North Texas. That's okay. What I'm gonna stick with. There you go. And that is all we have. Yeah. Correct. Anything else you want to add on? No, but if Phil, if, if they lose this game, then <laughs> we're gonna have some really somber podcasts. Phil Apogee. <laughs> That's not for me being a North Texas fan or writer or anything. That's just it absolutely being, is because he's a student. That's me being a sports fan. Is I want I want I want these kids to be supported. That's true. I know these kids. These are good these kids. kids. Nice nice Half guys. Half of them are older than you are. You know, nice kids, man. <laughs> nice kids. Uh, but yeah, Phil Apogee. That's my last statement. All so right. that's we'll the see. final breakdown. Is actually Phil Apogee. Phil Apogee. Yeah. Um. But all right. For Colin Mitchell. I'm Matthew Bruni. Thank you for listening. Follow us, follow us on Twitter. Oh, that's right. Follow us on Twitter. Colin is at CJH Mitchell. Yep. I'm at Matt Bruni25. It's up there in the corner. I actually forgot to add it, so it's not there. What, the, what do you do? Do you do anything productive <laughs> around here? How do you forget to add the Twitters? We are in a hurry. We Bruni. have like 10 people watch the stream, and they're not going to know what our Twitters are anymore. All right. They probably already follow that's us on true. Twitter. <laughs> that's true. Anyways, follow us on Twitter. I'm Matthew Bruni. You're Colin Mitchell. I am Colin Mitchell. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening on SoundCloud. We'll be back next week with either 4-1 North Texas or 5-0 North Texas. Correct. Might be ranked. Who knows? All right. On that note. See ya. See ya.